Mark Howard has been training business owners for over 20 years with online business tools and strategies that help them grow and succeed. If you want to grow your business fast and save time, then keep listening. If you want to grow it even faster in less than three months, then visit www.businessmachine.biz. And now, here's Mark. Good day, this is Mark Howard from The Business Machine, and if you listen to any of my previous podcasts, you know that I talk about KLT, No Right Trust, when it comes to your business. The question I've been asked is, how do you get the No Right Trust element on your website? And that's what I'm going to discuss in this episode, to get trust and to get people to buy from you when they come to your website. Did you know that you can get even more from Mark Howard, including mini marketing sessions? one-to-one sessions, and even access to his private VIP Facebook group? Interested? Then head over to www.patreon.com slash businessmachine and check out the different memberships he has on offer today. Clearly getting trust on your website is quite a hard thing to do. I mean, you have to really understand that your website to start with is your silent salesperson. This is the person who's going to be encouraging people to buy from your site, going to be encouraging people to inquire on your website. So it's got a lot to do without actually physically speaking to someone. So having these trust elements within the site is really, really important. Now, I know before we carry on with this podcast, you're going to say to me, but surely, Mark, that the trust element goes before the website. It comes with the advertising, the traffic, the blogging, the podcasting, and you're absolutely 100% correct. But what about when people say, hey, look, I can recommend this person and this is their website. When they come to the website, the customer's journey, the entire journey, has to be for the trust signals right from the start to the finish. And if those trust signals are missing, then the chances are the person's not going to get the trust element that they really desire before they carry on. And the way to think about this, and I always say this to people as well, think about the sites you purchase purchased from. You know, those sites that you've gone, uh, you know, yes, I'm happy to go ahead. Now, you have only been happy to go ahead if you trusted the site, had some kind of element around it. And yes, I do know that certain brands would have a trust around them as well. For example, Amazon has a lot of trust around it. So people will naturally just buy from Amazon anyway. So how do you get that trust on your website from the moment that someone ends it? So there's a number of factors that you can take into consideration when we start off. And the first part of it is actually very, very simple. is having a clean, modern, designed website. Now, what I mean by that is making sure that your site conforms to the latest standards, looks good, has that whole clean image around it. If possible, not too many stock images. I know you can't really get around that unless you hire a professional photographer. But having a clean-looking website from the start really makes a difference from a website that, hey, looks quite gaudy, has maybe made on a template system, is not really designed to give that person that great trust feeling. And you find this a lot with sites that have been developed maybe 10, 12 years ago, probably even sooner, maybe even five years ago, where the sites really don't give that trust element around. And often not, people will use these sites just to go on there because they've been recommended, but they're like, do I buy from these sites? Because, you know, I don't know. The site hasn't been updated in the last 
six or seven years because the look and the, the feel and the design doesn't look right or it looks very dated and that's going to cause a problem and of course the onsets of that as well when you start talking about modern designs and navigation is is it actually mobile friendly is it responsive not just to mobile but to tablet as well now given that 40 to 60 percent of the visitors to a website will be using a mobile device to view it you could be losing out on potential customers if your site isn't actually responsive. Now, in today's society, there really is no excuse for them not being a mobile responsive website. I will say that. I do know that some web designers don't use systems such as WordPress and that they will use the standard HTML. But a lot of these sites will not be mobile responsive. And the problem is people will walk away. If they can't easily navigate the site from the mobile device or from the tablet, they will, will look away and walk away. So what you need to do is, the first thing to do, is to have a look at your site. Can I easily navigate onto the mobile website? And remember, the mobile website may look slightly different in its format and layout to your main website. So you may not have as much information necessarily on all the pages, and you won't have, for example, the rolling banner, for example. You won't have that on the page. Or I recommend you don't have it on the page, for example. I know people like it, but it really doesn't add value to the site when you've got rolling banners. That's, this is just one of the things I have found over the years. The next thing, which sounds really easy to do, but again, a lot of people tend to miss out on this one, is your number, your contact number, looking good on your website? Is it easy to find? Is it just in the one place? Now, traditionally, people tend to put their mobile uh, mobile numbers on site. I recommend trying to get a landline number just to increase that trust element around it. But is your number in the right place? So a lot of people say, look, you need to put it at the, the top left-hand corner. Some people argue it needs to be on the top right. It's entirely up to you, but it has to be certainly the first part above the fold. When someone goes onto the site, the first thing they see is a good landline number. And if you're someone like me, because I work in a number of different locations, I've actually got three local area numbers. I've got Crawley, Horsham and Brighton because I work in those areas. All this is on my website. And I don't just have it at the top either. You'd also find that I'll have it on the footer on every single one of my pages has my contact number and also on my contact page. All my numbers are there. So there's no excuse for anybody to say, is this someone I can go to? They've got local numbers there. They're clearly landlines and they're not mobile. So going back, clean modern design, yes. Mobile website, yes. But also make sure you have a visible contact number. I know it sounds really simple. I know it sounds really easy. But go back and have a look on your site. Have you got a mobile number on there? If so, get rid of it. Get a landline. Have you got one of these uh, 033 numbers if you're in the UK? Now, I know some of these numbers are actually free phone, but a lot of people don't actually understand that. And sometimes they think that these 033 numbers are actually uh, premium lines, you know, these, these paying lines. So you're better off putting in a local number or a number that people can instantly recognize as a local number, not a number they can have to pay on, all these toll numbers they have to pay on. Avoid those type of numbers as well. It really doesn't add value to your site, and it doesn't really add value to your customers either. Moving on, the next thing, if you've got a phone number on the site, what's the next thing you should be looking at? Well, of course, is your address. Is your address listed on the website? 
and I'm talking about your physical address, your location of your shop. It might even be your legal address, for example, for your accountants. It doesn't matter. If there's a physical address is not there, people might start to look at other options. They might start to look at different places because of thinking, is this person an actual real person? So my advice on this when it comes to the address quite easily is once you've got your address on there, and again, put it on the site, put it in the footer, put it on the contact pages, all those type of places, but also make sure that it's actually on Google Maps as well. And get yourself on Google Business, put your physical address in there because Google goes through a process, which I'm sure you understand or know, and you get your physical address in that. And then you can actually put that uh, as a code onto your site with the Google map, not, not as an image, but as a physical Google map. So people can actually say, okay, yes, this person must be at this address because there's a pin and it's going to the address. They can find your location. Now, don't worry. People aren't going to start turning up at your address if you work from home. I know that that might be a problem for you unless you're okay with that. And if that's the case, you think, oh, that's not what I want, then talk to your accountant or somebody like that or talk to one of these locations where they do postal addresses. I'm not necessarily talking about P.O. boxes, but I know, for example, that uh, in the local area, we have service offices where for as little as £20 a month, you can actually have your address or have their address with your details on it, and they collect through your post. That's a great alternative to having an address on site if you don't want people to meet you at your business. Likewise, if you do want to meet people and you've got a service area office, then Consequently, they can book in there and you can meet them there. Nice environment, professional looking outlay as well. Again, bring in this no light trust element all the way through. The next segment I would really strongly advise that you make sure you have on your website are reviews and testimonials. Now, the problem with reviews and testimonials is if you just write the reviews down there or just put the testimonials onto the sites, they may be genuine. But someone who would look at it might think, Do you know, are these genuine or they just made this up and just thrown them on the website? I know it sounds petty, but it's often quite true. People do think that way. So you need to make sure that you can back up your testimonials, certainly when people put them on there. Maybe have written version of these that people, when they request, can actually see a full written version of the testimony, which extends them as a PDF, for example. Be quite happy to do it. If someone asks for it, say, certainly, I sent you all my testimonials. Or have contacts with some of your customers that said, you know, if someone asked for a, test- a copy of my testimonials and they want to speak to someone, would they be happy to speak to you? Would you mind talking to them and see if they'd be willing to do that as well? So testimonials are great. And another way around this, and this is with the reviews more than anything else, is to consider using review systems such as Google Reviews. Again, that's connected to your Google business. Again, it gives that trust element. People have actually taken the time to leave a review on your Google reviews. Here's a top hint, by the way, or top tip, a tip, shall I say. If you're struggling with people to give you Google reviews right now, then go to my website, businessmachine.biz, and you'll see at the bottom in my footer, I've got a button that says, you know, click here to leave a review. And it takes the person to my Google page where they can instantly leave a review. Make it really easy for people to leave reviews for you as well. So they can just click on it and it's done and it's instantly shown on my website. It's nice and simple and it gives that trust element all the way through. Likewise with products, you can buy systems now which allows you to do product reviews. There's some great plugins out there at the moment that if you're running an online shop and you want someone to leave a product review, they can give a product review. And remember, if you're running an online store, someone's purchased from you, make sure you have an automated email in there that says, hey, did you really enjoy this purchase? 
why not leave us a review click it leave us a review you might have to give an incentive but more often than not not always taking this reviews and testimonials just a little higher to the next segment and this is probably for the more advanced of you out there but again it's something i thoroughly recommend that you do and you take the time to do is to create case studies on your website for any work you have done create a case study you can put some images up there you can break down exactly what you've done for the client give it like a brief introduction list out the work you've done and guess what you can also put on there the client's review as well case studies are a great way to drive traffic to your website by the way again go and have a look at my website i haven't got all my case studies up on there i will be honest with you <laughs> nearly said reviews i haven't got all my case studies up there it's something i'm working through bit by bit but i've got about a dozen if not more on there so far and it's a great way when somebody says to me hey have you ever done a website or have you ever done work for i don't know a solicitor i can sometimes say yes go and have a look at this case study that i've done and you can get an idea and straight away they get a better idea of the work that i have done the look of the uh, solicitor's website for example and what they would like as well so they can say you know i want something like that or can you do something like that but with a little bit more on the side again it's building up this trust element around you the last two are quite uh, i would say quite uh, easy fixes to do but again are more often overlooked by so many people and it's quite annoying when i see this as well so the first of these last two number one make sure your copyright date is in the footer and that it's up to date so you could put a bit of coding then in there that shows a date range you know so rather than say copyright 2019 or 2021 you can actually say copyright from your first day it was built to the the current day and that would change every year so you could put a nice little coding in the bottom of that make sure your copyright is in your footer i know it sounds silly but people will look at that to see how old the website is but the more important of all of these, everything I've spoken about, and this is probably one of my biggest bugbears that I see to this day as well, is updated content. I mean, there's nothing worse than coming to a website and seeing outdated content. And I'm not just talking about on the pages themselves. I'm talking in the blogs. How often have you gone to a blog and you've had to look at someone's updated content and see that their last blog was six months ago? or even a year ago now i'll be honest with you i can sometimes let my blog slip a little bit especially if i'm doing more on my podcasts and stuff or on the radio shows then the blog the blogcasts uh, the blogcasts <laughs> the blogs will the blogcasts i just created something new there uh they will slip a little bit but it doesn't mean i won't won't stop doing them i will carry on doing the blog work why because blog work is good for my seo so of course i want to carry on doing it so it adds value to your website but also it adds value to people when they come to your site to see that you've added content in there that gives them great solid information information they can use themselves because you're showing yourself as the person that is the go-to person the person's going to give them the information and it's not going to charge them for something they say look i've got a great blog about this i have a great podcast about this go and read it go listen to it all this adds to it and of course listening to this podcast right now this is information you're getting for free from me and i'm helping you out right now so this all adds to the no light trust process i do with my customers and those that are potentially going to be customers for me as well 
So when it comes to your website, yes, it is difficult sometimes to get that no light trust. And I do know that people put these really shiny badges all over the place, you know, like 100% off with this or 100% secure site or, you know, 30, 30 day back money back guarantee, all these type of things that they will put on it doesn't necessarily bring the trust element to the site. It's good to have on it, but there's other little things that you could be doing right now that would just bring it into the whole thing. The final thing I will add on to this, and it's just something we're starting to work on quite uh, quite hard here at the Business Machine, is something called accessibility. And that's to do with people who uh, have a, a visual impairment or have a disability when it comes to sight. It could be color blindness. It could be a whole no a number of things it could be. And we're now currently working on sites that allow people to have that uh, ability to get accessibility on your website. That also adds to the no light trust process as well. So there's so much you can do there. If you've got any questions you'd like to know more, please leave a comment below. I'm happy to answer any comments that I've asked on my podcast, by the way. Just leave a comment below. I will respond to every single one of them that I've asked. And have a fantastic week whatever it is you're doing in business have a fantastic week have a look at your website look at those changes i've spoken about just now get those changes done and then let me know again in the comments if these changes have made any difference to your no light trust process